Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's no doubt it's been a tough year for rural Alberta. Outside the big cities, you have geriatric orphan wells, boomtowns going bust, and uncertainty when it comes to the fate of coal mining towns and the age of renewables. Starting this weekend, the FP will be visiting Alberta's forgotten communities to see how the rural towns in the province are struggling with and adapting to changes in the broader economy. You can check out the series at financialpost.com. A top complaint we hear from Canadian businesses, no matter the industry, is how hard it is to grow, to scale up. Yet this week's guest is an independent retailer that managed a big expansion over the past five years, despite a retail sector struggling with lackluster growth nationwide. I'm Emily Jackson, and you're listening to Down to Business. For our final retail-focused episode this shopping season, we're zeroing in on a retailer that was named one of Canada's fastest-growing companies last year. Sage Natural Wellness co-founder and chief executive Kate Ross LeBlanc joined me to discuss her company, best known for its essential oils and skincare products. You probably smelled Sage walking by one of the BC-based retailers' ever-growing number of stores across the country or in the United States. Sage is part of a burgeoning global health and wellness industry that's now worth an estimated $4.2 trillion. I spoke with Kate by phone about Sage's retail strategy, its growth so far, and its plans for the future. The global wellness industry has hit $4.2 trillion. The statistic says it's growing twice as fast as the economy in general. I'm wondering why you think it's grown so much so fast. Well, I think that it is a confluence of a number of factors, and certainly at the front of them, is that people have, I think, more availability to, to information than we've ever had before. And our life expectancy is longer as well. So I think that people are looking at how, you know, they can raise the quality of their life. And everyone is so also so maxed out with so many demands, uh, more demands on our bodies really than we've ever had from, I think, an intellectual standpoint, you know, used to be you got a letter from someone and you answered it in, in due course. And then you got a phone call and then you got faxes. And now you've got text messages that, you know, you're expected to answer with in 30 seconds. So I think there's a lot of overload in our senses on on our nervous systems. And so I think that all of these demands are causing people to, you know, think more about their wellness, while at the same time, they have access to information. um, And at the same time, they're expecting to live longer lives. And they're really seeing the impact of this long-term stress is having on them. I think especially at this time of year, it's getting darker. Everyone can really relate to that sort of frazzled feeling of just overstimulation. When the wellness industry obviously has taken off now, but that wasn't always the case. I want to talk about Sage's growth in particular. You started your company in 1992. By 2012, you had 11 stores, and now that has exploded to 84 stores in the US and Canada. You've got 1,500 employees, and last year were named one of the fastest growing companies in Canada with 1,500% revenue growth in five years. Pretty remarkable statistics. How did you make it happen? 
Well, uh, you know, when you hear those stats, it sounds like this fast and furious thing. But for me, uh, you know, and my husband having started this company over 25 years ago, it just feels like kind of a natural progression. Um, We always started with a goal of being able to spread wellness throughout Canada uh, with our longer term aim to have an impact on global wellness. So I think that we were early in the game when we started. It was like a Roma what? And, uh, you know, people didn't didn't really have a there wasn't a broad knowledge of what essential oils could bring in terms of wellness or other natural like herbal ingredients, organic food, all of, you know, so many movements like that 25 years ago were just burgeoning. And so I think that we were positioned ahead of ahead of time. It wasn't really strategic. It was just a case of necessity. Necessity was that was the motherhood of the invention. And, and that comes, of course, from my husband's struggle with his motor vehicle accidents and chronic pain and chronic fatigue. And we found essential oils to be so beneficial to him that then we looked at how we wanted to bring that to to more and more people. And so there's been a lot of trends, I think, that have come alongside that we've really benefited from being able to get our message out on social platforms, which of course weren't available to us uh, when we started 25 years ago, has also, I think, accelerated that growth. And really, most importantly, being joined by so many like-minded people who shared our value of living a more natural life to having things that come from plants be you know our first medicine to be less reliant on the typical I guess traditional Western medical system and being joined by this incredible amount of people with passions um, that matched our own is also you know we definitely couldn't have done this growth without them. It's interesting to think about how much social media has changed the game in Sage's case and and for small businesses across the world, really, where previously your access to market was more limited. Now it seems to be, you know, the world's your oyster. How much has social media affected your ability to grow? Oh, I think it's been a game changer across almost every industry. And I mean, if I go back even further before that, just having access to a personal computer, um, having access to graphic programs, it, you know, it, it changed the the face of what a small, you know, entrepreneur sitting at their desk at home, you know, what, how they're able to present themselves to the world and the level of professionalism that used to be, you know, all of the beautiful imagery used to be really only accessible to people who were working with ad agencies. And suddenly that was at the fingertips of anyone who was, you know, was creative and a whole industry grew up there, which I think has supported the entrepreneurial movement. And then the next wave would have been um, social media. And we, you know, I've always just loved being able to be one-on-one with people. It's why I love retail so much. It's such, such an immediate impact you can have on someone's life. You get feedback right away. And so for me, being able to reach people on social platforms is just this huge extension of that where you can reach people at it you know, at any time and people can reach back out to you. So I don't think there's a way to really quantify that. But I think it's been a game changer for industries, you know, across the globe. Certainly, you see this rise of communication, not only from retailers, but the rise of influencers, the rise of different marketing platforms and how that affects things. One of the big retail trends we're seeing when it comes to bigger retail trends, it hasn't necessarily been the best year for all retail. Just given the disruption to the market, you know, the online digital disruption of this industry has changed how traditional bricks and mortar has typically worked. Sage continues to bet on physical stores and the retail experience. Why this strategy? 
Well, it's certainly not um, exclusive retail. I mean, we very much welcome people to our online shopping channel. And that's something that we're investing in and looking at more and more ways of how do we bring the experience that we create in stores? How do we bring this to life on our website? So we see these things as going hand in hand, just like if I have a relationship, you know, if you're my friend, we might talk on the phone sometimes, you might text me sometimes, sometimes we get together in person and we have lunch or we might go on on a trip together, we have all these different ways that we interact. And I, th- I think of it exactly the same for our community members. We just want to be open, you know, as a as a friend to be able to interact with people in the way that works for them. And so because our product is so experiential, and because I really do believe that retail um, creates this opportunity for people to be seen, to be heard, to be touched, to have their lives witnessed, I think that that is an important factor in our social mix. And I think that it's very much augmented by all of the other ways, all of the other touch points and all of the other connection channels that we have available to us, which is like, it's just so incredible. It creates such a, has an opportunity for us to create such a connected world. So I think retail um, is important for us because of, you know, being able to get product on people, being able to create that sensory experience, but it's by no means our like exclusive strategy. Mm-hmm. It's that balance, right? It's introducing people to something in real life versus getting them to buy it online. We can't talk about online shopping without talking about mega online retailers like Amazon, which uh, has started to sell a lot of health and wellness products as well. These might be cheaper. These might be non-branded, but they are, you know, they're hawking some of the similar goods or at least in similar categories. How do you compete and how do you get your brand to rise to the top when people might be Googling something and directed to one of these massive online players with an edge on the distribution side? Yeah, I think that from almost the very beginning, when we started to interact and understand essential oils ourselves, we started very quickly seeing that what we wanted to do was create unique blends that were targeted for specific conditions, certain ailments, and be able to make them accessible and easy for people to understand and easy for people to use. Because when you look at something like an art and science of essential oils, it's easy for it to seem complex to people. And so simplifying that and creating an easy access point has always been, uh, you know, what Sage has been about. And I think what our unique positioning has been. So I think that that's where we continue to want to build like relationships with our community, provide education and provide one-on-one relationships. So I think that, you know, there obviously are many other players out there and I think of it a bit more like a commodity. If someone is wanting to, you know, purchase maybe just a single note, there's lots of purveyors out there, but our blends that we have perfected over the last 25 years. We have NPN licenses. We've worked with Health Canada on these. And we really want to keep that relationship close and personal with the people in our communities. You know, it's a big world out there and there's there's room for a lot of different companies to meet different needs. And we're definitely targeted on building our community of people that care very much about natural wellness, that care about the quality of the products they're putting on their bodies, you know, sharing with their family, the efficacy. And it's very important to us that we're not only able to educate about them and their uses, but also we're able to um, provide the service and to stand behind these products. So those are things that we can do when we have that one-on-one relationship with our community members. 
standing behind the products and um, having that education is something that you you speak about a lot when it comes to Sage's products. Now, when it comes to essential oils, there has also been this growing sort of backlash to the wellness industry in general. This is largely driven by Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's company that has uh, has been selling certain products with some false health claims and they've gotten slapped on the wrist for that. Critics have said that the evidence for a, the scientific scientific evidence, at least for essential oils, can be fairly thin, including a couple critics that are very well known from Canada, one Timothy Caulfield from U of A and one Canadian doctor, Jen Gunter. I'm wondering what you think of this sort of criticism to the wellness industry in general, and then when it comes to the defense of your products specifically. Yeah, I think that whenever things grow quickly, they catch a lot of attention and certain conversations um, get started. And so I I think that that's part of what we're we're seeing here. And because we have worked with these formulations for so long and we've seen firsthand the the feedback, the efficacy, we feel really confident in what it is that that we're presenting. And I think that there's also been a big um, surge of essential oil products being marketed by MLM companies. This is the multi-level marketing products. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which in those cases, you have a lot of individuals who are going out and speaking about the products. And there's a lot of enthusiasm that comes out there. And they may have different levels. And so I think that also gets a lot of conversation started. And it, it can be difficult to like monitor what's being said there, you know, to be able to know for sure if what the product manufacturer, you know, what they intended when they made this product is what's actually getting communicated to the end consumer. So I think that the the rise of of it is getting a lot of attention. I think that, um, again, having these widespread networks where you don't always know what people, you know, are, are, are saying or what claims they're putting behind it, you can maybe get a little bit of overzealousness. And I think these are all the reasons why it's so important for us, again, to be able to maintain that that one-on-one relationship with people that are that are using our products and to be able to make them part of our community so that they can have access to information, we can stand behind the products, and we can really guide them towards what's going to support their wellness in the best way possible. What would you say to the skeptics? I would say try the product. You know, we all need to be guided to, you know, what there's so many different healing modalities out there. And there's such a wide variety, you know, of each of us are unique little secrets, you know, waiting to be discovered. And the best person to discover the path to your wellness is yourself. And so there's no one path. I'm certainly a, a big believer in freedom of choice. And so, you know, we, we put our products out there and we want to be able to meet the needs of those people that it resonates with. We want to be able to get the product in as many people as possible so people can choose. But by all means, I think that there, the, as I say, there's some people find their main path to wellness through food, other people through, you know, maybe through movement or they're really involved in fitness. And I like to you know, harmonize as many of those as possible and help people to kind of find that right combination for themselves. But I, I really don't believe there's a one one size fits all uh, really in anything in life. We're such unique, unique individuals. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting too. I mean, as we spoke about at the beginning of this conversation, this is obviously something that a lot of people are paying attention to and 
really wanting to invest in and and almost that preventative side of trying to maintain your health? Yes, I think that more and more, maybe we're looking at our our grandparents or people that have gone before us and thinking, you know, that I want to invest more in my wellness now so that I have more quality of life so I can be here, you know, for my family in a more vital way. And like, it's really fabulous how much we're sharing ideas and being able to bring modalities from all around the world and having so much more accessibility to that. I think it's it's such an exciting time to, to be alive. Now, speaking of investing in things, obviously this company has seen astronomical growth in the past five years. Like the curve would look like a hockey stick, I'd guess. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your plans for the future, what are Sage's expansion plans in the US or internationally? Yeah, we have began our expansion outside of Canada throughout 2017. And we now actually just opened our 20th location uh, in the US uh, in Seattle, just opened it a couple of weeks ago. And so um, as our plan, when we started our growth in Canada, I have an expression, which is stick to your knitting. And I think it's really, I know it's important for us that we, you know, get strong. Uh, Our goal was to become strong in Canada before we started to think about international expansion. And our goal was 50 strong stores in Canada before we moved forward. And so once we did that and have now moved into the US, that's our goal there as well. It's a very big market. And there's, um, you know, a lot of a lot of ways that we can communicate, but there's a lot of people to communicate to as well. And so that's our goal right now is to continue our growth. We'll continue opening new doors next year in the US, continue to increase the effectiveness of our online channels, of our web business and how we interact with people there. And we we have some milestones there for ourselves to achieve in the U.S. market before we will then um, continue on to look at other international markets. But of course, our North Star is global wellness. So we have big ambitions. <laughs> big ambitions indeed. It's interesting, you know, your retail strategy, you've been patient. And uh, we spoke earlier about, you know, selecting the proper locations and uh, going about this in a very deliberate manner. I'm wondering if you can speak a bit about that. Yeah, we've been very deliberate in not only what centers or locations we go into, but yeah, the actual locations. And like anything that you, you know, you really want in life, one um, needs to have a dose of, uh, I think, the combination of, of patience and focus. So being really clear what you want, but not necessarily being attached to the timing of when that shows up. Because when we get attached to the timing, I think we, we often compromise. And, um, you know, we end up getting that location on that street. But, uh, you know, once the doors are open, you're like, Oh, I really wish I was two blocks down. And so that's been, <laughs> and it's, you know, very hard to change that uh, once the door is open. So I'm a big proponent of, you know, whether it's hiring the right person, whether it's getting the right piece of real estate, uh, whatever that is, I really believe in waiting till you can get the quality of what you're actually going after. Because once you've got that, then it's, it's, you know, the die is sort of cast and it's hard to change it. So patience has definitely been um, one of our, our strategies. And at the same time, when you really have your parameters lined up, you might have something else that comes up earlier than you were necessarily thinking. But if it's the absolute right thing, then you've got a little bit of flexibility that you can you can move on that other opportunity. Right. So it's it's about uh, knowing what knowing what you want and knowing mm-hmm. what the plan is, it sounds like. Yeah. So that, you know, you know it when it comes along. Exactly. So at the rate you're growing, you know, 
the North Star is global wellness. I've, I've got to wonder about investments in your company in the future. W- would you ever consider going public? Is that in the cards for Sage or is this uh, something you have thought about? You know, my um, goal throughout this growth has been to build a sustainable, successful company that's responsible to, you know, the, the people that work with us, to folks that invest with us. And if you do things in a way that garners you that success, you're going to have a lot of choices. That's one of the things I've always, you know, gone after when you start, and you're a small business and you wonder if you can, if you know how you're going to get to next month, you don't really feel like you've, you've got a lot of, of choices. And so my goal has always been, you know, keep to your North Star, keep true to your values, to your culture, to what you're about, and you will get yourself to a place where you've got you've got good choices. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't paint myself into exactly what those choices might be, but I definitely want to be able to continue to be in a place where we can make the choices that are best um, in with our suppliers, with our team members, with how we build our community, and certainly how we continue to build, you know, the financial framework behind it. So I know I'm hedging my bets there and not committing to anything. (laughs) Hey, you don't have to commit to anything. But as you said, the options are open, especially when, you know, the growth has been quite remarkable for your company hitting this wellness trend before it was a trend. Kate, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was Kate Ross LeBlanc, co-founder and CEO of Sage Natural Wellness. Thank you to all of you for listening to Down to Business. We'd love to get to know you better. You can help by filling out a 30-second online survey at survey.libsyn.com slash down to business. Again, that's survey.libsyn.com slash down to business. A big thank you to the Down to Business team, music and production by Bryce Hall and editing by Yudula Hussain and Nicole McAdam. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend and rate us on your favorite podcast app. I'm Emily Jackson, and until next week, you can get all your business news at financialpost.com.